Hello everybody and welcome to today's franchise radio show. Brian Keane here. What I'd like to do today is introduce today's topic and I'm thrilled to have managed to secure um, some time I've been trying to speak to Bob Urichuk. Bob, who I met coincidentally, um, uh, he's got a fantastic background. This t- today's topic is called Up Your Bottom Line with Velocity Selling. And we'll be exploring with him some of the gems of knowledge he's accumulated over virtually 50 years in sales and business development. Uh, so he knows what works and what doesn't work. And um, we're going to have an amazing interview. We will cover quite a bit of information spread across a lot of different things. So if you've got any questions, by all means, email them to me afterwards and we'll get them responded. Um, but uh, while, we're, while we're listening, please grab a notepad and a pen and a highlighter and make some notes as we go through. Um, and uh, with regards to, to Bob Urichuk, he's uh, an international professional seller, a speaker. He's a trainer. He's an author of a number of books, including four bestsellers and a couple of recent ones. Uh, the key one being Velocity Selling, How to Attract, Engage and Empower Buyers to Buy. And the uh, the second book, which is currently uh, released, is Motivate Your Team in 30 Days. Interestingly, uh, the credentials that Bob has are, are quite amazing. So both these books were winners of the Small Business Book Awards. He's been recognized as a constant speaker of the year and consistently ranks in the top 10 sales guru in the world right back since 2008. Um, so we're talking to a man who is a consummate professional. Um, he's based in Ottawa in Canada, but he's traveled and he's operated mainly in the, uh, in the Middle East and in Singapore, Dubai and so forth for some years. He's spoken in 47 countries, um, to a vast audience. So, Bob, welcome to our franchise radio show. Well, thank you, Brian. It's great to be here. Um, well, anything you'd like to add to those few words of introduction? Oh, not really, because, you know, what I'm about to speak about is not about me. It's about you and, and how you can succeed in sales and business and uh, and and live the life of your dreams, basically. Right, and that's certainly what, what happens. And every one of our listeners, um, whether you are a franchisor or an aspiring, aspiring franchisor, needs these skills, whether in business or in your personal life, because they do, they, they, they vibrate through everything you do. So the first thing I'd like to ask you, which everyone I'm sure has got on their lips, why velocity selling, Bob? Well, uh, why velocity selling? It's a, it's a good question. It's a brand name that we've came up with. Uh, since um, the recession, let's face it, the way people sell has to change. Uh, Buyers are more informed today than they've ever been before. And what we're finding, our sales cycles are longer than ever. So the brand is really, how can we look at shortening the sales cycle? But the most important thing here is that it's a buyer-focused selling system. It puts the salesperson back in control while the buyer thinks he or she is in control and allows the salesperson to quickly qualify the buyer to determine if there's an opportunity to do business or not. If not, they don't waste your time. The buyer is not qualified. Sale moves on. If they're qualified, you prescribe them with a solution and move forward from there. That, that's interesting. That's that's for, for, from a salesperson's point of view, the traditional sales model, the sort of Tom Hopkins model, is totally contrary, isn't it? You don't box well, someone in the corner and just cover all their objections till they've got no choice to sign that's them ex- on the line. <laughs> this is considerably different <laughs> in that manner, for sure, because it's all about the buyer. Let's face it. Um, to make a sale, 
we need a buyer. Without buyers, we have nothing. So the focus has to be on the buyer, not on the person, the product, the brand, the benefits. It's not about us. It's got to be about the buyer. When you put that focus on them, you engage them, and you empower them to buy. Right. So, so you mentioned there are a couple of expressions you used. Um, buyer focused, for example. What's what's the what's what's behind that? How do you uh, can you expand on that a little bit? Well, sure. Um, in this new economy of buyers, well, and, and there's a white paper we could, you could, people could download titled The New Economy of Buyers, Why Traditional and Consultative Selling Doesn't Work. And they could go uh, to bobu.com to download that white paper. But basically, in this new economy of buyers, it's all about the buyer, not you. It's not about your products, your services, your solutions, or your brand. This requires salespeople to stop doing these dog and pony show presentations to stop talking and start asking questions and listening to the buyer. They need to do this by engaging the buyer in the conversation, first to build rapport or trust, and then to qualify them. Right. So so obviously, velocity selling is, is quite different. Um, in, in what way would you describe, expand on what you just said there to, to, to explain that a bit more, Bob? Well, let's face it, traditional sell selling has always been about you and your products and brand. This is a non-traditional process based on clear communications, honesty, being ethical, and maintaining integrity at all times. And it's not just about sales, but human interaction. This is not just B2B or B2C. This is H2H, human being to human being. And that's what it's all about. And these principles also apply in leader leadership positions as well. It's based on an internationally proven attraction, engagement, and empowerment strategies and is laid out in an easy-to-follow, step-by-step process. And really there, we cover four categories. It's as simple as what I like to say, A, B, C, and D. Right. Well, that leaves, that's an ideal segue. Thank you for that. So can you, <laughs> can you expand a little bit on the A, B, Cs, and Ds of Velocity Seller? Well, basically, it starts out with the foundation. Um, the foundation to every successful person in the world is based on attitude and your belief system. So under A, attitude, we look at attitude towards yourself, the most important person in the world. And do you believe in you? Because what happens is, you know, we, we, we grow up in a world with so many external things coming in that we build our beliefs and sometimes our beliefs are holding us back from being um, as successful as we want to be. So we look at attitude towards you, attitude towards your organization, its products, its services, and its team, and attitude towards the buyer. And we make sure that you have a strong belief system in all these levels. Sorry. Then we look at... Oh, sorry. Uh -huh. Then what we... Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Then we look at B for behavior. And we look at your behavior. Your behavior are your daily habits, the things you do on a regular basis. Are they effective or are they ineffective behaviors? So the first thing we need to do is we look at people, we ask them, why do you go to work? And of course, all over the world, Brian, what answer do you think I get? If I ask people, why do you go to work, what answer do you think I get? A lot of people, they're going for the money. <laughs> That's the answer I get all the time. And what I do here is I teach them, uh, I start to teach them some of my techniques. I call this the rule of three plus. The rule of three plus is basically never, never, never accept somebody's first answer. Not even your own first answer because it's not the truth. When you say you go to work to make money, we apply the rule of three plus. The rule of three plus is simple. We listen to the answer, we question the answer. We listen to the answer, we question the answer. We don't go off asking different questions. We keep penetrating 
we go to a deeper level. So when you say you go to work to make money, make money to do what? The more I question it, the more I'm going to find you have a certain lifestyle dream inside you. You see, work is nothing but a stepping stone to helping you get where you want to go. The problem with society today is most people don't know where they want to go. When you know where you want to go and you use your job to help you get there, then you can see how work becomes exciting and motivating because now going to work is not just about the money. It's about helping you realize the dreams that you have internally. Yes, yeah, so we're getting profound. We're into the, my, my favorite uh, TED Talk, um, which I'll refer to briefly here, and um, explains all this beautifully. I think that's Simon Sinek, for the reason, okay. the reason for why. And, yeah, the rock, exactly. So what we do is in behavior, we look at your behavior towards yourself. What are your personal goals? Where are you going in life? What do you want to accomplish? Who do you want to be, do, or have? Then we look at organizational goals and how you're going to accomplish them. And we talk about things called pay time, no pay time, how to get the best return on time invested. Let's face it, Brian, our best asset, our only asset is time. People think money is the best asset. Well, money comes and money goes. Time just goes. We don't get it back again. So what we do is we also take a look at our behavior towards buyers. And there what we do is we look at how to classify buyers into three categories, A, B, and C, based on the 80-20 rule. 80% of our revenue comes from 20% of our customers. We call these our A customers. A, which stands for absolute, because they're absolutely necessary. Without them, we'd be out of business. Then we look at B level, beneficial, and then C level, convenient. And what I ask a lot of times is, you know, which one of these three is the biggest pain in the butt, A, B, or C? What would you think, Brian? Ah, uh, um, it's, a, it's a hard one. It's a hard one. Well, C is usually what the answer is. And, yes, C is the biggest pain in the butt. Yeah. Which one wants the biggest discount, A, B, or C? Again, yeah, it's, it's C. Yeah. And then I ask salespeople, where do salespeople spend 80% of their time? And they spend it on C. Sure. But where should salespeople spend most of their time? What if they spend 80% of their time on A's? Well, then they start to get 80% of the revenue from those 20% that counts. So it's a matter of refocusing them on getting what I call a better roadie, R-O-T-I, a better return on their time invested. So here what we do is we, we define criteria between each so that they can define who their best customers are, profile them, identify them in the marketplace, the ones that are prospective buyers, and then create what we call uh, a personal marketing plan to attract these buyers. Because all, all, I'm all about attraction. It's a pull strategy, not a push strategy. You know, salespeople, the tradition has been pushing onto people. Yeah. Everything I do is the opposite. It's not about, I'm not trying to convince somebody, I want to engage somebody. I don't want to close somebody, I want to empower somebody to buy. So everything I do is about facilitating the buying process it's not about making the sale. However, facilitating the buying process, whether they're qualified or not, you maintain the relationships for future opportunities. So you're, so, not, burning, you're not burning your bridges so that uh, no. when you look at the traditional sort of cold call, you want to make 100 calls, you get so many responses, so many of those are going are to be successful, you just have to celebrate every failure. <laughs> well, that's it. It's sort of like I often say to people that um, – the more people, sales is all about relationships. The more people you know, the bigger your network. The bigger your network, the bigger your net worth. Because everything's going to happen out of your network. So whether people are qualified or not, the idea is to, to 
secure a relationship, maintain that relationship, because even if they don't use you, they will refer someone to you who will. And maybe in the future they'll come back to you. Yes, yes, it's having, it's having that relationship, as you say. So you, with all those people in that network, you've got that level of trust. Exactly. That this is the go-to person if I ever want something, or I happen to meet Joe at the golf club. And when you apply the system properly, your network becomes what I call your secondary sales force because they're constantly feeding you leads. They're so ha proud to know you, happy to know you, and satisfied with your, 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 your whole persona that they're out there uh, working for you. Now, one of the things I suggest people do is create a personal marketing plan. Let's face it, Brian. Um, are people going to buy you first, or are they going to buy your, your company, your brand, or your product? Well, it's down to me, isn't it? It's, uh, it's those first 10 seconds. <laughs> exactly. People buy you first. Once they buy you, they'll buy anything you have to sell. So what we have to do is set ourselves up and position ourselves in the marketplace as experts so that people come looking for us by name. And there's a variety of ways we could do that. And this is what we, we, you know, we do with a lot of the people we work with is give them ways to, to be unique and to set themselves up. A quick example. Uh, Brian, let's say all of your potential buyers belong to the Chamber of Commerce. We're talking your A buyers. What are some of the things we could do? We could become a member. And if we become a member, what does that allow us to do? It allows you to meet, meet people, pass your business cards around, and hopefully... Exactly. exactly. So what would be one step better? One step better is do a presentation, I guess. is. Uh, well, I would say that is a good one. You're, I'm leading towards that. But one step better is if you were the president of that Chamber of Commerce, would everyone know who you are? Would ah, they buy from right. you? Okay, so get yourself positioned. Yeah. So let's put it another way. Let's say I don't have time, I don't have budget. But I could put 30 minutes out in doing a presentation to these people. But I'm not giving a presentation. I'm, I'm, yes, I am giving a presentation, but what I'm doing is I'm giving value. I'm educating that audience in a way like they've never been educated before that gives them so much value. Now think about this for a moment. I spend 30 minutes with you face-to-face -face in a sales situation. I'm the salesperson, you're the buyer. I'm selling to you for over 30 minutes. At the end of the 30 minutes, who's going to follow up with who? I'll probably be chasing you. And that's the way traditional sales works. Now let's do the opposite. 30, same 30 minutes. I get up in front of a hundred people at a chamber of commerce and I give them value. I'm not selling a thing. I don't talk about me. I don't talk about my product, but I'm educating them on how to get better sales or whatever. Just giving them a lot of value. At the end of the 30 minutes, who's going to chase who? Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're going to, they're going to come back to you because they respect you as opposed to exactly. you chasing and, their titles. Exactly, and I'm not going to be chasing them, but there will be a percentage of that audience, anywhere from 30 to 60 to 70, 80 percent, that will come and approach me to learn more about it. And that's really what we talk about, how to attract people. It's positioning yourself as an expert in the marketplace so that people come looking for you by name. And always asking yourself this question, how can I get the best roadie? How can I get the best return on my time invested? If I'm going to spend 20 minutes at a networking meeting, how can I get my best roadie? Well, obviously, if I got 20 minutes, speaking would give me the best roadie. Not walking around shaking hands, because you cannot meet a lot of people in 20 minutes. You know, no. it's that sort of idea.
Yeah, no, walking around is it's actually soul destroying. Try to try to network like, around a group of people who are all talking to each other and you're trying to yeah. barge in on a conversation. Yeah. Now Brian, this is something you do extremely well. You're out there, you've positioned yourself as an expert. Not only have you positioned yourself, you are an expert in the whole franchise market. <laughs> you've got blogs out there, you're sharing your content, you've got a book. You've you've given so much value to anybody who wants to consider franchising their business. How can they not get involved with you? It's the same sort of thing that salespeople need to follow. Yeah, so that, uh, that, 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 that basic format, as you say, of positioning yourself. And uh, So from that point of view, I guess here, sort of a question without notice, but uh, how do you go about doing that? What's it, if, if you don't consider yourself to be visible as an expert, what's, uh, what, what do you recommend? As a way well, there's a number of things you could do to position yourself as an expert. Uh, you could start by writing, writing blogs. And, and sharing them. You could go to magazines in the front cover. It's, it shows the name of the email address of the editor. Build a relationship with the editor. Put out press releases. Get involved in a charity drive and become the uh, PR person for the charity drive so you get to meet all the media. So that when you personally have information, you can get the media on board to share it with them. That kind of stuff. Um, there's so many things you could do, it's endless. Uh, have a referral reward program. One of the things I often say to people is any behavior that gets recognized or rewarded gets repeated. And we talk about this in the D part, in discipline. And, and while we're there, let me just give you this, because discipline is also a daily habit. It's um, Discipline is a commitment to the most important person in the world. By the way, Brian, who is the most important person in the world? It's going to be me. You got it. Okay, so... Who's the most important person in the world? Yourself. Another question, who's your greatest enemy? Probably me as well, with those black moments, yeah. <laughs> well, no, but we, we, you know, research says that we criticize ourselves more than anyone else does, and that 75% of our self-talk is negative. So we need to turn that around. So one of the things we teach in discipline, which is a behavior as well, is what's the most productive time of your day? For, from my point of view, certainly the mornings, but uh, all that varies, yeah. So I wrote a book called, titled Discipline for Life, You Are the Author of Your Future. And one of the things I talk about in there is what I call, uh, you know, your, 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 your time. Now, I used to get up at 7 o'clock in the morning and I'd have a cup of coffee. When I realized I was a morning person, I started to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. 6 to 7 became my time. I did something to help me get where I wanted to go. At 7 o'clock, now here's the key, any behavior that gets recognized or rewarded gets repeated. I would reward myself with a cup of coffee. Now, how much more do you think I enjoyed that cup of coffee? Because yeah. I earned it. Yeah, and absolutely. Then get, and then as I drink that cup of coffee, I give thanks. Thanks for the fact that I can have a cup of coffee when there's millions of people in this world that can't get a clean glass of water. And I, I'm, I start my day with an attitude of gratitude. Seven, eight o'clock, I do physical fitness. Eight o'clock, my reward's breakfast. And as I have breakfast, again, I'm so thankful when I think of kids in our communities that are going to school hungry every day. Then I'll go do a seminar at 9 o'clock. Well, how do you think I'm going to feel? How do you think I'm going to perform? The bottom line is, how could I give you something if I don't have it inside to give away? And that's why it's so important to be disciplined and start your day off on the right foot. So that's all part of behavior. From behavior, we get into competencies. And there's two parts in competencies. Part one, where you have to understand how to be buyer-focused, how to engage buyers, and how to empower buyers. Now, buyer focus is about the buyer. We've talked about that. How do you engage buyers, Brian? 
Uh, okay, well, I suppose it's uh, the traditional method is sort of trying to build a little bit of rapport. Yeah. Um, and then finding finding connections and so forth. Uh, okay. Finding well, all, oh, sorry. It's all about asking questions. And one of the exercises I do in my classes, I said to everybody, get in the groups of 10 or whatever, depending on how many people are in the room. And why do we ask questions? And I'm looking for one particular answer. And I've done this so many times worldwide that it's rare that anybody ever comes up with this answer. Now, when they come through and I go through who's got the longest list and everybody at that table will win a prize providing they got that one, one answer I'm looking for. Nobody gets it. We go through four or five group discussions. Okay, guys, we're going to do another thing, another game, because I will never give somebody the answer. My whole style of adult learning is to facilitate the learning by asking you questions that you discover the answer, because, Brian, if it's your answer, who owns it? You do, exactly. Who's committed to it? Who's going to follow through on it? Yeah, that's it. So, ownership. Uh, it's very difficult in audio to demonstrate what I do, but it's a card game. And I get three people to come up to volunteer. One person shuffles the cards, one person picks a card and shows it to me, and then I ask questions of the other person. In the end, they, that person picks the card the other person picked. Then I ask the person the question, did you feel comfortable? Did, whose answers are these? They'll say, they're my answers. Did you feel comfortable? Yes. Did you feel in control? And they said, yes. And then I'll turn to the audience and I'll say, who was really in control? And they say, you were in control. And I said, why was I in control? And they said, because you were asking the questions. Right. And here's the thing. You think about it in traditional sales. Who's asking the questions? The buyer's always asking the questions. Yeah. Who's in control? The buyer is. The salesperson thinks he's in control, but he's out of control. In the sales process, who should actually be in control? Well, the the, the, seller, the seller needs ultimately, uh, I suppose, the, the, the most subconscious control. Yeah, the well, and I, I don't want to sound like a control freak, freak but <laughs> in, in business or in sales, the business person, the leader, the salesperson should be the person in control of the conversation. And while the other person thinks they're in control. And we do that by asking questions and playing off of their answers and seeking clarification and different things. So, <coughs> so a big part of the engagement strategies in competencies part one is asking the right questions. And we give all kinds of techniques on questions and how to ask questions. And that is probably one of the most powerful things that can help people in any business and in life and in leadership positions. Just the knowledge of the what the technique and the questions to ask and then and then how to how to facilitate how to dig down in those questions as you say. Exactly. Find out, find out the real truth. Yeah, because you see it's <coughs> gotta be your answer. If I ask you the right questions and you come up with the answer I'm looking for, you own it, you commit it, you just bought it. My job is easy. It's helping you to discover for yourself the answer. It's like a lot of people talk about objection handling. There's no objections in this system because I'm not the one doing the talking. As a matter of fact, I have something called the 70-30 rule. 70% 70 of the time, as a salesperson, what should we be doing? I know what's coming. Yeah, listening. <laughs> exactly. 30% of the 30% of the time, we should be asking questions. Mm. 30 plus 70 equals 100%. It's not talking, and that's the whole point. And this is the whole human, H-to-H, -H, human interaction side. Everybody likes to be engaged. Everybody has the knowledge. 
But by me asking you questions, I'm helping you discover your own problems, your own fears, your own pains, your own budget, your own decision-making, and I'm just facilitating the process for you. And that's what it's all about. So you're determining what's the ultimate objective, what's the, what's the real bottom line, what is it really that drives someone, and it's not just the money they want, it's not just the turnover, it's not just growing that's their business, right. it's what that's going to do for them ultimately. That doesn't mean put money in the bank, it's another couple of steps on from there. That's right, and it's digging deep. Yeah. It's helping... It's helping the other person. It's just jumping to solutions like a lot of salespeople do. So what we do now is in Competencies Part 2, we provide a full sales system. Now, there's basically, we break it down into three parts, but let me give you the seven steps. Number one, it's build rapport. Mm -hmm. Number two, it's set the parameters or the ground rules. And then what we do is we qualify for buying motivators, financial ability, decision-making. We then summarize, and then in the summary, we decide whether we got a sale or not. Then we provide a prescription, a prescription being specific to the problems we've identified within the time limits and budget. And then the step, final step is maintaining the relationship. But let me give you one great tip that's going to just revolutionize the way you do sales. And it really starts at the beginning. First of all, in building rapport, I'm not going to spend a lot of time in rapport, but you know, when you build rapport, it's all about the other person. It's making them feel comfortable. Now, to make someone feel comfortable, what must we do? we got to get them to open up. We ask them questions. And what do people, uh, If how do you get people talking? What do people like to talk about the most? Themselves, that's right. Exactly. So our job is to open them up. We ask questions about themselves. We get them talking. We keep them talking. We show interest. There's also techniques that we learn, we teach through neurolinguistic programming, like mirroring and matching physiology, uh, tonality, and, and words. But the bottom line is this. How do you know when you have rapport? When the other person is talking openly with you, or I'd like to sometimes say when the other person doesn't shut up. Get yeah. the idea? When they've got confidence and they've built that first step of trust that they're and, almost confiding you the sort of things they wouldn't tell somebody they've never met before. You got it, and that's where they got to feel extremely comfortable with you. And your job is to get them opened up on that, not talk about yourself, not talk about uh, business, but just to get them going. And now, here's step two, and watch the way this works. And, Brian, I'm going to just ask you to role play with me. Sure. Let's pretend you're a buyer. I'm a salesperson. We just spent the last half hour talking. There's good rapport, let's say the last ten minutes or whatever it is, but we've got good rapport. And then I go, oh, by the way, Brian, how much time we've got left for our call? Oh, we've got uh, 15 minutes. What is it you'd like to accomplish in the next 15 minutes? I'd like to get down to the bottom of what's the simplest way I can start adopting these principles so that I'm successful with my sales. Okay, great. And I'd like to learn a little bit about you and your business. Is it okay if we ask each other questions? Yeah, of course. Good. Brian, do you mind if I also take some notes? No, please do. And by the way, Brian, I have to be upfront with you. I can't solve the world's problems, and I may not be able to help you. If I can't help you, are you okay if I tell you no? And if I can, I'll tell you yes. All I'm asking is that we be honest with each other, and we avoid something like think it over. Because think it over usually means no, and it ends up wasting your time. And the last thing I want to do today is waste your time. Are you okay with being honest and working on yes-no answers? I'd appreciate that. Yeah, that's, that's very frank, Bob. 
Great. Do you want to ask the first question or would you like me to? You're far away. Okay. Let's go back and look at what we went through here. Uh, first of all, is time important? It's the biggest asset we've got. Okay. So whose time is more important, the buyers or the sellers? Well, the, sell the sellers. No, no, but your time. You're the buyer. You see, I oh, asked you. Sorry. Yeah, I, I right away made you feel in control because it's about your time. Yeah. Now, the next thing, whose objective is more important, mine or the buyers? It's the again buyers. the buyers. The yeah. Buyers. And I asked you, well, what is it you want to accomplish in the next fifteen minutes? Now that I've got your objective, I added in mine, wanting to know a little bit about you. Then I got permission to ask questions and permission to take notes. And then I made you comfortable with no. I can't solve your problems. Now, when I said that, you know, my hands usually go up in the air. By the way, I can't solve the world's problems, and I may not be able to help you. If I can't help you, is it okay if I tell you no? What happens? How, did that, how does that make you feel? Well, I'm sort of quite, uh, yeah, I, I respect you for that because it's not, enough, it's not an offer that's generally made. <laughs> exactly. But you have to be comfortable with accepting no at the same time. I am very comfortable, and I always take people in, look at all I want to do is get 15 minutes of your time to determine if there's an opportunity to do business or not. And I'm always bringing in the negative because why not? We, we, we know that there's two sides. Salespeople are focused on yes, 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 and them, 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 and their brand, their products, their benefits, their commission, and it's not about them. So this is a little technique to help bring the barriers down and open up more trust and get more honest communications in. This simple step will shorten your sales cycle considerably. So what we do is we did that. Now I'm going to qualify you for, for pains. What are your biggest pains? Then I'm going to see, by the way, Brian, have you got a budget set aside for this? But it's always the client's budget. It's never my price. I avoid putting price on the table first. Never put your price on the table. It's about the client's budget. Otherwise, and i got many stories I could tell there, but I don't think we have the time to get into them today. And then, of course, decision-making. And in decision-making, there's really a couple of questions. Uh, Brian, when we when do you see when would you be making a decision? And the other question is, who besides yourself might be involved in the decision making process? Then I summarize, and my summary would be something like this. So, Brian, if I understand you correctly, you got this, 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 and this is problems. You've got this much budget set aside to cover those problems. You're ready to make a decision, and you're the sole decision maker. Is that correct? Yes. It's at it's at this point that I know whether I have a solution for you or not. Now. Here's my here's one of two things I could do. Now, Brian, remember earlier, well, you know, um, earlier on in our meeting, we talked about whether I could help you or not. Based on what you're looking for within that budget, I'm afraid I can't help you. Remember, I said I'd be honest and I tell you no. Sure. I'm afraid I have to tell you no. I can't help you. However, I do know someone that may be able to help you in that area. Would you like me to introduce it to you? I'll be grateful. So in other words, I'm rejecting you, but I'm maintaining your relationship while trying to still add value by being helpful. And where I can, I will be. The other way is, Brian, you mentioned this problem, that problem. You know, earlier I said I'd be honest with you and give you a yes or no answer. I believe I have a solution to those problems within your budget and your time frame. I'm ready to give you uh, a solution. Are you still okay with giving me a yes or no answer after my presentation? Brilliant. Yes, absolutely. Why would I want to give a presentation without a commitment up front as to a yes or no answer after my presentation? And one of the things, there's four outcomes in a sales call. We go on a sales call and we're really trying to accomplish one of three things, but I give it four. 
A positive outcome is a yes, we get a sale. Another positive outcome is a no, no sale. If we get to no, well, we don't waste anybody's time. We move on to a qualified buyer. If you don't get a yes, you don't get a no, you always strive for what we call a clear future. A clear future is we know exactly what's going to happen next and when it's going to happen. That's a clear future. It's not a maybe. It's a clear future. If you didn't get a yes, you didn't get a no, you didn't get a clear future, you failed. And what happens when you fail? You get a lesson learned. So coming out of every sales call, you got to ask yourself, did I get a yes, no, clear future? If not, what did you learn from it? What are you going to do differently next time to make sure you get a yes, no, or a clear future? So it's it's really interrogating yourself honestly as well. Oh, yeah, well, you have to because you always got to be looking at, well, let's face it. We didn't learn, um, you, you know, you didn't learn how to ride a bicycle in a seminar. <laughs> You're not going to learn this system in a seminar. you got to apply it in the real life. And then you've got to come back and you've got to talk about it. And particularly if you have a sales manager who's up on this and you can talk about it or a coach or something, it just helps you enormously. Because let's face it, in business and in sales, sometimes it's a lonely business. And that's why franchising becomes such a success is because you know, you're never alone. You always have this core group there to, to coach you and help you and get you through the hardest times. Absolutely. Look, when it comes to the sales side, whatever your environment the opportunity to talk through your experiences with a mentor, a coach, or or a colleague is invaluable because you you do put a you do put a wall down. There's no oh, yeah. that you're going to denial. I mean, because it's personal. And none of us we've all got our egos. We've all got our our, our sense of disappointment when we feel we failed. You say this this human prevalence for defaulting to negative. Uh, exactly. And then what do you feel like when you go to talk to the next person? You you're not really. You haven't you haven't had your reward of your <laughs> your early morning cup of coffee, have you? <laughs> exactly. You burnt it. Now, another thing that we do quite differently is we don't do presentations; we do prescriptions. Uh, the rule here is sell today, educate tomorrow. This also is a way of bringing in more value. So I listen to your needs. I solve only those needs today. So I sell today. I cover those needs, and then you know there's a couple of techniques we use. One of them that I like a lot is, um, and let, let me just give you an example. Brian, on a scale of 0 to 10, 0, this, this sales training would never work for you. You cannot use it. It's not the right stuff. 10, you can see yourself using this on an ongoing basis. Where would you see yourself oh, on that? I've certainly gone up with, with a 9 at this stage, or any question, yeah. Well, okay, Brian, on, uh, is it fair to say you work on a scale of 1 to 9 and 10 doesn't exist? Yes. <laughs> yes, true. Now, I don't like to use the word closing, but here's my empowerment close, or, you know, just for lack of better words, my, here's how I would empower the buyer. You said anything under, uh, anything six or less, I take the fault. Where did I go wrong? Seven, eight, or nine, I ask the question, what's it going to take to get you to a ten? If you say nine, have a little fun. Is it fair to say you work on a scale of one to nine and ten doesn't exist? Mm -hmm. and, and then you just say, okay, so Brian, what would you like me to do next? And I let you buy. Get the idea? I'm not putting a pen in your face. I'm not forcing you to do anything. I just give you the opportunity to buy. Now, I sell you today, you buy. Then tomorrow, I go back and I give you all the other bells and whistles that come with it. In other words, this is where I bring added value. I bring you, as, as your good friend Paul Dunn would say, I bring you the wow factor. And of course, Paul knows how to do the wow stuff, and we shared the stage many times in Singapore. 
Paul knows how to do the wow. And this is what we're talking about. The wow is all the extra goodies that you throw in that makes someone go wow. They go and talk about it with their friends. And this is what we call added value. I love that. So what you're saying is rather than the traditional temptation of throwing all the bells and whistles at someone while they're hesitating on making a decision, you give them enough to get a nine or a seven yeah. or an eight. And yep. Then they get the rest as a surprise, as a as a present, as a gift, as a bonus, as you say. As a as a value added. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what's different because where do you think objections come from? They come from the salesperson's mouth because they talk too much and they throw things out that people don't want to hear. Yes, 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 yes. You know, they create their own objections and then they end up, you know, backpedaling and trying to do it. Now, the way to handle objections, should you get objections, is who if it's your objection, who should solve that objection, me or you? Well, I must do, yeah. Yeah, you have to. So my job is to ask you the right questions so you discover the answer for yourself because if you come up with the answer yourself, you own it, the objection's gone. If I try to push it on you, you'll never own it. You'll never accept it. And and that's another whole thing in itself. It's about engaging the, the buyer into the problems, into the objections that they come up with the solutions themselves. So, so it's, it's, it's education, not indoctrination. You've got to sort of, so, it's, it's, yeah. so you, you're teaching them how to discover their true wants and needs. That's right. That's right. It's, it's, it's a self-discovery process versus, um, it's a self-discovery process versus a uh, being told process or, you know, traditional mm. leadership like that doesn't work anymore. Today it has to be engagement strategy. This is what it's all about. Absolutely. And of course, our last step <laughs> is all about discipline. And we look at discipline in three areas. Uh, discipline towards yourself, discipline towards your organization, and discipline towards your buyers. And what we do is we, we come up with, we want you to create daily disciplines, weekly disciplines, and become uh, developing effective habits. The things you need to do on a daily basis to help you get where you want to go. That's uh, you know, that's the key to it, isn't it? I think I think the key I've taken from this conversation, which I've really enjoyed, you got me you got me attracted to this like a magnet. I can tell you, because um, <laughs> there's just so many wonderful expressions and observations you make that to me just bring home a few few steps, a few points of honesty. When I say, "Wow, yes, I I, I must admit." Um, <clears throat> just just that thirty percent of the time talking. If you're a salesperson, is it's just so easy just to enjoy the luxury of being able to talk too much, which we tend to be gregarious. If but I did say, remember, it was thirty percent. You're asking questions. Seventy yes. percent. You're listening. You're not talking. You're always asking questions. Yes, yes, yeah. And that's the that's where I'm I'm looking forward to learning a bit more about your material in a moment because. It's the technique for doing that, so you haven't got an interrogation, which is what yeah, the cripple. Yeah, you don't want to get into an interrogation, and that's why it's important to follow the step-by-step -step process of, you know, first building that trust and that rapport, getting permission to ask questions, you know, to show that you care. It's 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 sort of like a um, a quote that I like to use from Theodore Roosevelt: Nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. How do you demonstrate caring? You ask questions. You listen. You know what I mean? And yes. and you and, and in that process, you're helping people discover things for themselves, so that they take ownership and they they build that uh, level of commitment. That's a profound statement that you quoted there, because um, when we take that apart a little bit, nobody cares 
how much you know, that's you as the salesperson with the knowledge you've got. Yes. But unless people feel that you've got that relationship, you're actually genuinely um, concerned to solve their problem, to help them with their pain, then they're not going to be interested. Exactly. Ir irrespective of the vast vault of knowledge and, and so information you've got, they're not looking for an information solution. They're looking for a, a trust solution. That's right. And one of the things we teach salespeople is to never, never, never answer a question again in their lives. Wow. That's profound. Now, here's the thing. How do you not answer someone's questions? I'll give you a couple of techniques. First, when you, somebody asks you a question, you, we call this respect, repeat, reverse, three R's. A lot of people, when you ask a question, like, Brian, ask me a question, they'll just throw the question back at you. That becomes harsh. When you show respect and you say, you know, uh, go ahead, Brian, ask me a question, and I'll demonstrate how it works. How long is it going to take me to learn the velocity selling technique, huh? Uh, sorry, you want me to? How long would it take me to learn the velocity selling technique? That's an interesting question, Brian. How much time have you got to, to learn it? Well, I, I, I'm... Now, here's, the, here's the thing. The first thing we did is respect. That's a good question, Brian. Or that's an interesting point. We're always putting out respect, a compliment. Then we take the question, we reverse it, and put it back on you. Now, what you're going to come back with might be another question, something totally different. It wasn't really the question you asked. But that's the thing. Now, here's the other option. I could have also answered that question. Yes. Because sometimes we can answer questions. Like people say to me, uh, Bob, well, tell me a little bit about your business. Now, I could say, well, there's a lot I could tell. You know, that's a good question, Brian. There's a lot I could tell you about my business. Is there something in particular you'd like to learn? That's one way. Another way would be to answer it. But here, notice what I'm going to do with this one. I want you to pick up on how I end it. Well, Brian, we work with um, organizations all over the world to help improve the performance of the salespeople while contributing to your bottom line. Would that be something of interest to you? The bottom line is always of interest to me, Bob. I know, but how did I end? How did I end my my uh, question? With, yeah, with, with a question. Exactly. So what we do is we give a brief reply. Right. brief reply yeah. and end our statement with a question. Now, if I end it with a period, the buyer will ask me another question. Get the idea? I'm and if I answer that question, I could lose control. But if I keep the, the, the buyer engaged and keep doing the respect, repeat, reverts, brief replies with a question at the end, I keep the conversation going and I follow that 70-30 role. So you're keeping them in control effectively. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And now, one of the other things we get into is we help people, we call this scripting. Scripting means, it doesn't mean you're reading a script. What it means is you prepare your mind with the right questions you could ask, but you also identify the answers you could get. In other words, if I ask the question, uh, let me just, you know, whatever question. If I ask you a question, you could say yes or no. If you, well, let's see, um, I'm 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 just lost for a question right now. But um, you always have to have you know what are all the possible answers you can get from the question you ask. If they say this, what do you say? If they say that, what do you say? So you continue down your funnel. So usually what we do is we start with open-ended questions: who, what, where, when, why. We then get into um, fact. Uh, sorry, not fact-finding questions, but concerning questions. 
And then we look at um, fact-finding questions to qualify them, and we kind of end with closed-ended questions to get yes-no answers. So it's like taking people down a funnel, a little journey of self-discovery, so that in the end they come up with the answer you're looking for. Brilliant. Now, all these things are explained in our book, Velocity Selling, How to Attract, Engage, and Empower Buyers to Buy. And people could download a chapter from the book, and I believe the chapter is on becoming a, uh, an expert, um, you know, positioning yourself as an expert, and that's VelocitySellingBook.com. VelocitySellingBook.com. Okay, I'll put that on, I'll put that on the, uh, on the copy that, uh, that this is distributed as well. That's excellent. Okay. Um, now, um, so they can go to the website, download that, that copy of the, uh, of the chapter. Um, yes. Okay. Um, um, from your point of view, Bob, you've been doing this for many years. What are your plans in the future? I'd, I'd love to hear. Well, there's a few things uh, I want to offer you as well, uh, and and your your audience, Brian, because I really do appreciate everything you're doing in this in the franchise area and the knowledge you're sharing with others. That I feel that it's most important that I also give back. And what I'd like to offer you and and all your your people is to give you a seven day free trial offer to Velocity Selling. All you have to do is go to velocityselling.com. Uh, and sign up for a seven-day free trial offer. No questions are asked. There's no credit card required, but you can learn so much in seven days. It's incredible. But, however, I must tell you, we, we do subscribe monthly and annually, and we do have small business packages and corporate group packages, which include monitoring, tracking, and management reporting on the full process. So it's there for you to use uh, free of charge for seven days. Brilliant. But that's something I'm going to be going to be doing straight away. Um, Bob, I'd like to wrap it up there. I'm sure we could. We've really connected, and we could have spoken for a much longer. But we need to keep this concise. Uh, we're using yes. times, and I respect yours as well. But uh, I found that really enjoyable. I've, I've learned a lot today, and it's certainly thrown up questions to me that have made me sort of stop and think. Aha! So I've got three no, pages, three pages of notes here. So. Um, <laughs> Well, that's fantastic, Brian. And if you'd like to become a Velocity Selling Specialist, because this is what we're doing, we're starting to license people around the world. We do train the trainers. We license people so that they become Velocity Selling Specialists in their territory or in their industry. So if you or anybody's interested in that, just drop me an email, bob at Velocity Selling or bob at bobu.com. Excellent. Okay, well, that, that's been brilliant. I've really enjoyed that. Um, we've certainly answered a few questions I have prompted here. Um, and it's certainly quite invaluable. What I'd like to do is to uh, basically, in closing, say, Bob, thank you very much for your time. Um, I really appreciate, really appreciate it. Is there anything you'd like to add just to close the session off? Well, Brian, I, again, I appreciate everything you're doing. And if there's anything I could do to help anybody in the world of sales or in business, uh, don't hesitate to get in touch with me. And do sign up for the seven-day free trial offer. I think you'll get so much more out of that. Uh, than what you just did out of this past uh, 45 minutes or so. Well, this has certainly been a great session. So once again, Bob Yonichuk, thank you very much indeed. And listeners, look forward to seeing you on our next Franchise Radio Show. Welcome to the Franchise Radio